Hey friends, and welcome to the Speak Out Loud podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. Today we have a really special episode that uh, we want to jump right into. We've recorded a conversation with Stacy and a great friend named Debbie Wallace. Stacy and Debbie have been friends for many, many years, though we've not lived in the same city for much of that time. It's just one of those friendships that uh, has flourished even despite the distance and has just really meant so much to Stacy, to us, to Stacy's recovery. I think as you listen to this, you're going to hear and know that everybody needs a friend like Debbie. You're going to hear um, wisdom. You're going to hear spiritual depth that uh, is very obvious. And you're also going to hear the story of how the, the name and the title of Stacy's book came together, You Are Worth Saving. That was born out of a conversation at a very dark and deep moment for Stacy that that Stacy had with Debbie, and I think that conversation has impacted and changed really the course of Stacy's life. And I want you to hear, and I think you'll hear how a friend and having friends and conversations with friends and the words of friends can make all the difference. You know, Stacy and I talk a lot about living in community, the importance of that for mental health recovery. And I think this is great evidence of that. So as you listen to this, I, I, I just want you to hear um, the depth, the wisdom, and we want you to know that you are worth saving. Without further ado, here's a conversation between Stacy and Debbie. You guys enjoy. Hello, everybody. Um, this is Stacy, and I am so glad to get to talk with you today and share with you from um, a very special place in my heart with a very special friend to me. Um, I'm flying solo tonight. Doug is walking around here somewhere, but I'm getting to do this one on my own because Doug would not have gotten a word in edgewise because Debbie and I have known each other for 30 years, just about. <laughs> and so we didn't want him to feel kind of like, you know, ignored or anything. So we just went ahead and said, we got this. And so with God's help, we're going to do this one together. Right, Debbie? You got it. <laughs> um, it's always interesting to hear yourself on um, a recording at first, but um, I know you'll get used to it. And um, I'm just so excited. Debbie is um, a dear friend of mine. Uh, we met at Dallas Baptist University, even though she is a Baylor girl. And so she came over to work at DBU and I was still a student there. And um, we were put on some projects in the admissions office together. And once I met Debbie, I was just her shadow. So I just like wanted to go everywhere she was. And they put, you know, they let me be with her and learn um, a lot of office things from her and about recruiting. And um, Debbie was a newlywed at that time. And it was so fun because I got to see the um, kind of how a couple, a new couple works together. Um, and also her husband at the time was, or he's still her husband. Right, but right. At that time, Same guy. <laughs> but at that time he was studying for his bar exam. And so Debbie was getting her master's, but is that right, Debbie? Mm -hmm. Were you starting? Your, yes. Uh, and so when she would finish her homework, I would come over to their house and some nights even spend the night in their guest room. And we would go walking while Jeff was studying. And it was so fun. We would walk and talk and walk and talk. I don't know how many miles we would walk at a time. But then after we would do all the walking, there was a bronze within sight. And we walked <laughs> over there. Yes, we did. 
Yes, we did. And we were like, no, it's okay. We're eating yogurt. We're eating the yogurt. We're eating the soft serve yogurt. But anyway, it didn't matter. But that's what we justified. You know, hey, we know we walked, but we're eating the soft serve yogurt. Now it's all the friendship and hanging out. That's right. I've learned a lot from men. Um, And just those walks um, with you, Debbie, and those talks that we had were like um, helping to sustain me at a time in my life where Doug and I were engaged and um, he was traveling a lot um, as an admissions um, person at Dallas Baptist University. And um, so when God would give us those nights together just to sit and talk, it was very um, nurturing for me. It wasn't just a time where two friends were only hanging out, but um, we have similar some similarities in our backgrounds and stuff. And you being just a little ahead of me, I felt significantly um, further ahead of me um, than I was. Uh, I, I really just treasured those times. Matter of fact, my roommates would complain because I wasn't around <laughs> because when I met you, I was like, well, you know where I am. I'm with Debbie. So um, we had a lot of fun. It was a gift. Yeah. It really was to be, mm-hmm. you know, able to share a lot of life at that time. And mm-hmm. uh, you say significantly ahead, but now as we look back, we realize how much we didn't know in that phase of life. Yeah. But we, Pre-kids, pre-everything. We were mm-hmm. just like trying to take care of ourselves. Right. <laughs> and then to have little people rely on us has been pretty fun. But um, then what separated us kind of proximity-wise was Debbie and Jeff moved and Doug and I moved. And so um, they moved first. They moved before us for job-related things and ministry-related things. And um, before we head more into that, Debbie, tell Everybody, kind of what you want them to know about you. Just you don't have to tell us anything um, horribly embarrassing. But um, I do have some good stories to tell on you, as you do for me. (laughs) uh, We'll leave those for another. Okay, sounds good. We can always have a part two. That's right. (laughs) Um, No, we that stage of life you're talking about. We um, Mm -hmm. graduated from Baylor with Mm -hmm. a social work degree. Then went to seminary and studied religious education. Mm-hmm. Then went into campus ministry for a, a bit. Loved working with college students and talking oh, to yes. them about their life with the Lord and a um, lot of missions and things, opportunities there. And um, mm-hmm. and then a few years in, we had children, not without sorrow and miscarriages along the way, but um, Mm -hmm. but the Lord graced us with four children that are now 22. My son is 22 and then three daughters, 20, 18 and 16. So we are in the thick of young adulthood. Yes. (laughs) They they are making their presence known at Baylor University. (laughs) (laughs) More bears. So we're... um, yeah, doing doing all of that life, I really stayed home most mm-hmm. of the time with them, about 20 years, and mm-hmm. did a lot of volunteer things, church, mm-hmm. school, otherwise a little consulting here and there. But um, mm-hmm. now I'm doing spiritual direction, mm-hmm. and I've kind of discovered that in the last few years, receiving this way of companioning people. I have a spiritual director and then I also offer this friendship 
with others to talk about their relationship with God. And so mm-hmm. I'm working at Truett doing that part-time a mm-hmm. supervisory role there in their mm-hmm. spiritual direction formation program. So, mm-hmm. and then kind of off, I'm also about to start another program and learn about how to do it in Ignatian spirituality and have really grown richly in this way of learning how to pray and mm-hmm. be with Jesus and praying scripture and walking with others. Of course, anytime you are talking to somebody about the Lord, there's some sort of miraculous experience because the living word is with you and he's mm-hmm. showing, revealing himself and revealing mm-hmm. things about it us too mm-hmm. all at the same time so um yeah that's kind of where you find us my husband also works at baylor is in the office mm-hmm. of investments and we're just holding on with yes. the lord watching this new phase roll out we have three kids now in school and um, one at home mm-hmm. as of two days ago so this Gosh, is our new big, big adjustment new transition Yes, absolutely. And I, when you're talking, it just reminds me so much of why we got to um, have so many good times together is because you um, offered a kind of a calmness to my life that was very chaotic at that time and, um, and has been off and on, you know, my whole life. And I can just remember when you would ask me how I was doing, you would stay for the answer. And that was something that really impacted me because even going to a private Christian university, um, you can get lost in the in the small crowd, in the bubble. And I was fighting very hard not to do that. And God didn't let that happen to me. I made lifelong friends there. But I also needed somebody to come alongside me and really help to pretty much be a mentor to me. And we never said, Debbie is mentoring Stacy. Stacy's being mentored. That's exactly what was going on because we began to do life together. And if you don't have somebody in your life that you can do life with that will keep your hope um, pointed towards the Lord, that is one of the biggest gifts you can get because in the dark nights when you're sitting by yourself in the floor going, I feel so alone, the Lord meets you there. And sometimes you need a person to sit with you and to hug on you and to live, you know, just to live that moment with you. And Debbie has done that with me and God's ushered in other people at different times with Debbie living in Waco, me living in Oklahoma City. Um, God's given me a great crew here also, but that just shows God's faithfulness that he um, He doesn't let us be without those people um, when we ask. And that is something that Doug and I have asked for. We know what it's like to do life alone and it's lonely. And we know what it's like to um, invite people into the journey that God has us on, the good, the bad, the ugly, and he has provided because we've asked him to. And so um, we're just thankful for that. I wanted us to talk um, also about how no matter how long we go in between um, times that we get to talk, that it's always okay. Um, that door is always open with both of us. And that's been a huge thing for me. So, um, Debbie, thanks for that. I really appreciate that. Sure. Well, I was just thinking as you were talking to that we sort of fell into our friendship in some ways. We just happened to land mm-hmm. in the same work environment. You know, that was part of it. But mm-hmm. then before, 
I think, had his hand on us and, and placed us there. And you were of encouragement to me in that, in that time of life as well. And um, just the way that I think we both had the sense that we were doing life alone in some ways. We were learning about how to lean on God more. And we mm-hmm. were able to encourage one another. I think about that word encouragement and that the word courage mm-hmm. is in the middle of that. And that was something that would rise up, I think, in you often that the Lord gave you as a gift of having courage to face some really hard things because of God mm-hmm. and His faithfulness. And, um, and, and He gave that, of course, to me too. But then I think our sharing, we were able to encourage one another to then go into whatever scenarios or situations that that were were waiting for us, you know, and and just mm-hmm. being able to pray together, and that was a gift. Mm-hmm. Is a gift. absolutely yeah. for the body of Christ. Is a gift. He does. Mm-hmm. He does that with his people that he loves, and he provides that kind of encouragement. Yeah, um, everybody. Um, in my opinion, needs a friend like you, Debbie. And this I do know about you, Debbie, is that you um, are there for a lot of people and um, and you are one that helps people to grow and move forward. And that has been very, very helpful in my life. I wanted to talk about a couple of key moments um, we've experienced together, Debbie. Mm-hmm. Um, we one of the first things is is that Doug and I have talked about the loss of our first child, our son, in a late miscarriage. And um, after having my car accident, having anorexia with the pregnancy all together with um, us also um, being friends at the same time, those things were just like overwhelming. Um, the anorexia being really harsh during that time. I I was very scared that I was going to lose the baby because my weight was so, so low. Then to have the car accident and have the, uh, the fear that the baby was lost in the car accident. And then God continued to let me carry him for a couple more weeks. And then, then when his heartbeat no longer was there, uh, then the two DNCs within a week of each other, um, and Doug and I were 24 when this happened, and we felt very scared, very um, overwhelmed, very much like we had a lot of friends around us, but we felt like like we feel mo- much of the time in our lives is that we didn't know how to reach out and we didn't know um, how to be helped. And so we knew that Debbie and Jeff um, lived in Mississippi. We'd been talking to them through this time. And so uh, we needed to get away. We needed to have a reset basically happen in our lives. And off to Mississippi we went. And um, they lived in a beautiful home and we got to be with them. And it was kind of like a retreat for us. And we got to walk and talk with them and have some meals with them. And um, we just really felt like coming home that we were more able to cope and handle things than we were when we got to their house. Do you remember that that season, that time with us, Debbie? I do. And um, I happened to find some pictures today, right? I sent them to you. Yes. So, um, you know, back, yes. we still had a little bit of the uh, echoes of 80s hair, you know, kind of yes. goofing up. Big. 
big Texas <laughs> hair. And uh, yes, those are fun. I love those <laughs> pictures. <laughs> those are fun. Great to be with you yeah. guys, though. Um, not many people came to visit us out in Mississippi. So it was a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great time and we needed that. And we got to go away and be with you guys and then come home and, and start a different phase of the fight for our lives. And um, the anorexia was louder than it had been in a long time Hmm. Um, during the pregnancy. And then when that, when we lost the baby, um, that was also a time and um, that we just could never have foreseen how low I was going to get weight wise. Um, And uh, yeah. So, Just, um, yeah, you're, I remember, you know, your sadness, mm-hmm. but also Stacy, I mean, that word courage keeps coming up as I remember over the years, even in the midst of some of the hardest times, there was, even mm-hmm. if it was just a small wisp of courage, it was still there. Mm-hmm. You were still there mm-hmm. and the Lord was still holding you. And we were, we were all clinging to him. Absolutely. And, you know, little did we know we were, we didn't all connect like knowing that at that time, but over the years, we've just been able to parallel those times so closely together. And it, mm-hmm. it's just so sweet that God, I don't know, he just knows what we need and absolutely knows what we need, not kind of. And um, he puts those people in our lives and we were scared. We were scared we weren't going to be able to have a family. We were scared in our relationship because we didn't know how to mourn together. Doug and I didn't. We have found that to be very much an over kind of like an umbrella around people who are newlyweds when this happens. With newlyweds, I mean the first 10 years um, when you're just learning to do life together. So that's kind of where we were. And um, we found a lot of... um, safety and peace with you guys because of your relationship with God. And, um, and we wanted that too, because um, of those talks that we would have because of my talks that I would have with the Lord and Doug and I eventually learning to have talks together. um, We continued to be able to reach out to you and to um, have your input. There was never a big enough gap that I felt like I couldn't call you. And, and reconnect with you um, or just continue the connection, I guess I would rather say. But um, I want to transition into a time where we were, uh, when Doug and I had been married for about um, 25 years, 22 years, I guess, 22 years. And he and I over those years had really learned a lot about each other and about how to go through things. But my health continued to be a source of um, scariness for us, just a fear for us. And um, mostly because anorexia is hateful and it is loud and it is difficult and um, it's relentless. The goal uh, of anorexia or any eating disorder is to take your life. And it is a very difficult thing to get support about. Because we find that food and mental illness is a very private thing to people. Um, and we're trying to make it less that way. Um, we don't want it to be the taboo thing because people are dying. People are dying of um, eating disorder. People are dying of depression from as a result of depression 
of loneliness, of anxiety, of um, attempting things and then um, accidentally working. I'll be more specific with that. People attempting to take their life and going, okay, I can go this far and it's not going to happen. And it actually does end up happening. So we want to be real clear that we realize that those are real things happening and coming to fruition mm-hmm. and, um, and that those are very scary things. And we want to also always talk about the hope that we have in Jesus and those things don't have to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to go to a specific night with you, Debbie. Um, Doug and I, the girls were at a Christian camp. They were at church camp. And Mm -hmm. uh, Doug and I never vacationed without our kiddos. Never. (laughs) And um, this week we were without them because it was the only time we could go on vacation and get this um, house that we go to at Seaside, Florida, that we have referred to in other podcasts, um, if you've listened to those. And we were... Um, at a real pivotal time with my health again, again. And uh, because the girls weren't with us, Doug and I were taking some walks on the beach. We were in Seaside, Florida. We were taking walks on the beach and we were talking. And before we left to go on this trip, my doctors had said, this is is not a time where you can contemplate what's going to happen with your health, health states. We need to make some really big decisions because when you come home, we're going to kind of give you kind of an ultimatum Mm -hmm. and that scared me, but I knew it was coming. And um, Doug and I had walked and talked that day. And that night I was on the porch, the back porch of this house had screened in porches all over the place. And I was sitting there and um, it was pouring down rain and you could just hear the rain going through the trees. And I was going, you know, God, I don't know how to fight anymore. I don't know what that needs to look like anymore. And I know that you want me to be here, but I don't know how to be here. And you might've heard me say similar things um, when I was had to go to a mental hospital when the girls were a little bitty. I was kind of at the same place and uh, very much at the same place. And for some reason, I just really felt like um, I could call Debbie and that I could call you. And that you wouldn't freak out on me and that um, not necessarily that you would have this big revelation and just be like, Stacy, I know just what to say to you, but I knew that you would be careful with your words. And I needed somebody to be gracious to me, somebody to be merciful to me. But I also needed somebody who I felt I could speak boldly to me. And um, God just led um, to calling you. And um, so I did. And you picked up, thank God. (laughs) And um, I was just like, I didn't feel like I had it in me to call 10 people and see who I could find at home. I felt very much like I needed to, to, to talk with you. I was spiraling and I was scared. And I wanted to ask you at that point, Debbie, when, when you realized where I was that night on that call, um, do you remember kind of how you felt or have you been able to recall some of those feelings? I do. I do, Stacy. It was, I remember hearing your voice on the other end of the line mm-hmm. and there was, it was like a, a little girl in darkness and just being engulfed in this chaos, fear, darkness. And mm-hmm. I could hear 
you know, your, your fear. Mm -hmm. And, um, I thought, Oh God, I'm, I'm scared. I know this Mm -hmm. isn't good. I know she's in a bad place right now, but I know you're with her. What do I say? And in a way I was running to him. I was a little girl running to him. Okay, daddy, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, sure. uh, and I've been engulfed in my own places of darkness. I've been mm-hmm. um, in despair or disappointed or discouraged, depressed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, it was like a little flicker of light, a small whisper in my heart. The Holy Spirit said, ask Stacy, ask her. If mm-hmm. she thinks she is worth saving. Yeah. So I'm sure you remember was, when yeah. I asked you that. Yeah. And I do. I do remember that. And I can remember thinking, I feel like everybody else is, but I don't feel like I am. I feel like a big waste of time. Mm-hmm. And I feel very much like a burden and like everybody has, is depleted by me. And I remember that night just going, I feel like everybody else is, but nope, not me. And of course, you are usually the one that has the fiery redhead responses. (laughs) Wait a minute, sister. And that's what rose (laughs) up in me. Let's wait a minute, sister. No. (laughs) To me, you're worth saving. To your family, you're worth saving. But especially and then the Lord just gave me words at the time. I don't even remember everything mm-hmm. I said, but you to the Lord, to God are worth saving. Mm-hmm. And he sent his son. I now have only a an only son. So I can't even imagine what that was like for him. I mean, I somewhat can mm-hmm. imagine, but nowhere near mm-hmm. what that was like for him to send his only son to make a way. Mm-hmm to save us from this chaos, darkness, disorder, misery. Mm -hmm. He came as a vulnerable baby to grow and walk among us and show us how to live this life human. And yet with his presence in us and, um, and he keeps coming, he keeps coming to us. That's the good news that he doesn't leave us. Absolutely. is. He stays is, Kind of how I like to think about it a lot because I had the experience of, you know, knowing what it was like to be left. So people who have stayed in my life are the people who I consider to be um, heroes in my life because I'm just like, it hasn't been an easy life for people to walk into and just go, oh, okay, I'll be Stacy's friend and little do they know. You know, it's going to start firing out at them different things that have gone on and things that I experience um, that it's not just a smooth sailing thing. And I think that the longer people live, the more they realize nobody's is. But all I could recall was mine. I wanted to read something to you guys. Um, And then I'll tell you where I got it. Where I am isn't because he is disappointed in me. He runs to me, to you, and shows me more of him. Whether it is speaking or writing, communication, not silence, has become a key to my fight. The struggle at its strongest becomes more faint and hope becomes more vivid. Waves from the shore are picturesque. 
get into the water and live, whatever that may look like in your life today. Isaiah 43, 2 and 3 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God. And the reason why I wanted to stop and read that to you is because because I am here past that night, past going to treatment, I got to write a book. And many of you have read that book. Some of you have never heard of the book, but it's called You Are Worth Saving. And you just got to hear um, precious words and we'll continue in a few minutes to hear more from my sweet friend, Debbie, who told those things to me. That, and those are the words that carried me through that night. And those are the words that I said to my family when I got home that was still an if in front of that for me, if I'm worth saving, then I need to go to treatment. Mm. And if I'm worth um, fighting for, then I need to go away and eat and get better. Mm -hmm. And then as I was gone, those words transferred to God, helping me to understand a little bit more about that. And it translated into him saying, because you are worth fighting for, unlike Debbie said, you are worth fighting for. Those fights still happen in my mind, you know, of if, because, maybe, and I really try hard to ask God to help me to land on because. Because those words have been spoken to me. Words are so important. Those words were spoken to me. Stacy, you are worth saving. And when I got into treatment hearing, because I'm worth saving from the Lord, um, him saying that in those nights when I'd be in the bed by myself and in a big room and fighting through that spiritually and everything. But now I try really hard to boldly say, because I'm worth saving, mm. you are too. Whoever you are listening, you are too. Yes. Because if I am, and God made me in the same images that he made you, yes. in the same image that he made you in, that you're listening, if you're listening, then you have that same gift as I do. And I want you to really hear me on that because I'm no different than you. Um, he died for me and he died for you. And I want you to know that because of that, because we were made in his image, that doesn't make us little gods running around. But what it does is, is it says you too are worth saving. And I died for you so that you would know that. So when it came time for me to write a book, um, I did not know I was going to write a book. I didn't plan to be here. So to that was not in my plan in my mind was to live to even write a book. When that was posed to me to put down my thoughts on, on pages, I said that's the easiest thing for me to do is to think of a title, You Are Worth Saving. Because when you're in the frame of mind that I was in the night I talked to you, Debbie, the farthest thing from mm -hmm. my mind was that I was worth saving. A lot of people who listen to this podcast feel the same way. I am definitely not worth being here. And they were either told it directly or they were showed it or um, they have gotten that picture by the way they've been treated. Mm -hmm. And so God being different than that, when you said that to me, it was just like, you know what? I'm going to consider that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to consider that. 
And when I barely opened the door to that, God ushered himself in and was just like, um, this is 100%. You are worth saving, Stacy, And that's why I wanted you on this podcast. Mm. Our words are very important. Well, I hear a, I hear a grace given you of faith. You know, he gave mm-hmm. you that mustard seed of faith when you, when you needed it to believe, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. believe. And that's how we connect to him is in faith. And, mm-hmm. but we can't, we can't manufacture our own faith. It's a gift. And so we ask, yes. help me mm-hmm. believe, help me in my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And I was, I had looked up the scripture passages that you read in Isaiah 43 when I was praying through, you know, this time together and another verse down Mm -hmm. or so it says, since I, since I regard you as precious, this is God talking to each of us. Since I regard you as precious, since you were honored and I love you, do not be afraid Mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. Those are the things that he's whispering to the people that he loves, his children, and that combat, you know, that is against what the lies and the places of darkness trying to overtake us with, but that Jesus who loved us enough to give us, give his life for us so that we can have life says, I love you. You're honored. You're precious in my eyes. I know that I should say, I know that I'm not the only one who's walking around sometimes fighting those lies. Um, it says in first Peter five, that the devil, the enemy roars around like a angry lion mm-hmm. seeking those he can kill and destroy. Yes. And um, the more I try to live, I don't know about people who are listening, but the more I try to live, the louder he gets. That's what his ammo is. And so we have to know scripture in order to be able to fight that, fight him. And so, um, Debbie, I wanted to ask you kind of directly um, how difficult. And, and the when we think of these things to, to have conversations about, um, we do talk about the hardest things because people are going through the hardest things. Yeah. And so it doesn't offend me or anything. But um, how difficult is it or can it be to have a friend who struggles um, an ongoing amount of time um, with mental health? You can answer that in any way. You can redesign the question or anything. (laughs) Well, Stacy, I mean, as you were describing, for all of us, we have things in our lives that hang on, that don't Mm -hmm. go away, that are struggles. And maybe we experience victory for a while, but maybe it comes back up or we fall into something else. It just seems like we should be beyond that. We should be able to fix it. We should be able to make Mm -hmm. it better. You know, if my microwave breaks, I can just go get another one. Mm -hmm. And, And I think we treat ourselves the same way. We want to be able to, have a quick fix and, and move on. And mm-hmm. um, healing is a mystery. It's in the Lord's timing. I mean, I, I asked him many times to can't, can't you take this and, and heal her? 
like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I learn about trusting the Lord with you in mm-hmm. that and um, sure. you know, in my own things, in my own life, but then also trusting. I don't want to see you in pain. I don't want to see the people that I love hurting. And we see that when Jesus walked the earth, he had his own suffering that he went through for us. And so in the pain and the suffering, the Bible tells us that we can know him Mm -hmm. even deeper and that he can draw us closer to him in the suffering. Not that I don't think he wishes for us to suffer. Sure. But can he be with us in that? And that's, it's a mystery. Even suffering is a mystery. So we, there's a lot I want to talk to the Lord about when I get with him face to face and I do in prayer, mm-hmm. but then also in heaven, I want to see what you know, help. I didn't understand some mm-hmm. of these things, but I can trust, even though I don't understand, I can learn. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's the place of faith that he, um, cares about you more than I ever would can and he's got you. And so, um, so that stretch, it, it grows my faith in walking with you in, in some of the struggles. So um, yeah, were there times when I wished it was really different and was it hard? Sure. Mm -hmm. But also to hear joy and courage and see Mm -hmm. you, um, love with a compassion beyond comprehension Mm -hmm. those kind of things coming out of what you you go through and have been through and that's something only god can do and i again in isaiah 43 i love Mm -hmm. i think it's verse 19 18 and 19 no need to remember past events no need to think about what was done before behold i'm doing something new Now it emerges. Mm -hmm. Can you not see it? I'm making a road in the desert and rivers and wastelands. He goes on about not growing weary and things, but he, that he's doing something new. And even if we can't see Mm -hmm. it, we trust. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's years down the road or maybe it's in heaven or maybe it's in the, Mm -hmm. the next moment, but we keep learning to trust. And well, one thing I ask, God a lot is I'll say whatever progress looks like to God would you help me not to forget where I just came from mm. because we can forget and be healing um, experiencing healing from that but we can still um, remember and that serve great purpose mm. because I feel like he says our suffering will not be wasted mm-hmm. and um, I don't want to forget because when God puts people in our lives, when we've experienced something and maybe we've moved a little bit to a different place, not necessarily ahead of that, but to a different place. When we meet somebody that has maybe had that experience also or is going through it, it serves us greatly to be able to have mercy and identify with them. And that's why we're called to live in community. Yeah, um, It's just um, a really cool thing when we share our stories in community and when we share our stories with people who come, um, who God puts across our path in our life and everything, that it's really important for me to be able to not necessarily go to that 
extreme emotion right then, but just to be able to say, I truly understand what you're talking about. And if I can't, God can. That's right. He can. And um, so that's something that is like I've asked him to help me not forget those nights in treatment. I've asked him to help me not forget those days at the table of treatment mm-hmm. um, and how difficult that was. I asked him to not for, help, help me not to forget um, the you know loss of a loss of a, a little one um, so that that way when those um, when young girls or, or young ladies come into our lives and stuff like that, that I can still go, you know what? I remember that that was just flat out difficult, mm-hmm. you know, and not mm-hmm. be so far past it that my compassion is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a dangerous place to be. Um, we can't just be driven by emotion. No, but we can ask God to help us recall what we've gone through um, when it, when it serves in the body of Christ. So but there is yeah. there is healing in your life. There are places of healing that you know you you obviously know, and maybe even some mm-hmm. places that are it's happening. I mean, for all of us mm-hmm. that we can't necessarily right. see, but that are, are being healed. And um, and I love, you know, when we look back at the time that. Jesus was on the cross and went through the worst suffering ever for us out of love. When we look at that, we have, we're resurrection people. We have the perspective of seeing it, knowing that he conquered death, that he conquered Mm -hmm. sin, that we can be alive with him, even though there's suffering and things that we struggle with. He's with us. And we know our hope is that we're heading to this glorious place in heaven with him, though, you know, as we mm-hmm. believe. And so we have the, it's the faith that was and is and is to come, you know, that's who he mm-hmm. is and who he's drawing us into. And so, so we sort of experience that in our own suffering. We say, Oh, well, these are places I've been. This is where I am. And my hope is where I will be. And, and the Lord keeps um, doing this new thing and drawing us to yeah, His good. Yeah, that's so true. I totally resonate with that. I can totally resonate with that. Obviously, you are very encouraging and someone who um, people can be drawn to because, and I know you wouldn't say that because I know that your humility is, but I'm just telling you that as somebody who's gotten to be your friend for so long, um, that you are very encouraging and that um, you love on people when they are struggling and that you you have stayed in my life. And um, what what are some things that you feel like that you have been able to do to stay the course with me at different times, Debbie? Well, I think probably the main thing is to realize that God is our source, that everything mm-hmm. that you need that I need is from him. I'm not, I'm not the source. I'm not going to rescue you. I'm not going to rescue myself. You know, that, that I can only give what I've received in, in love and in understanding of the Lord. And he draws us to him and leads and guides us into what to do next, say next, be next. And so I think one thing that I was always encouraged about our conversations is that, you know, we, you were talking about earlier how much we need community 
and mm-hmm. and that there it wasn't so much we realized early on and throughout that it wasn't that the answer was our friendship or one thing or the magic pill or the it was all of what God has to offer. He's always giving good gifts to his children. And so, mm-hmm. um, and he gives us what we need when we need it. So we're that manna and that, that we need the church. We need prayer. We need the word. We need mentors, spiritual directors. We need friends. Mm-hmm. And you were open to receiving. And I think that was a big a big thing that we, we both learned it, you know, it wasn't, I, I felt like there were times that we, I could tell you and be honest about things that I struggled with too. But I think that was mm-hmm. part of what we learned over the years was that God has given lots of different resources himself mainly, but he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's always giving gifts and always um, pointing us to himself. So mm-hmm. there isn't um the perseverance or of staying in a friendship that seemed hard. I mean, I, I never saw it as, uh, Oh, Stacy's calling. This is so heavy. It might've mm-hmm. been, uh Oh, it's so heavy. I don't know what to do, but I love this friend. And, and the love mm-hmm. was because that's who Jesus is to us. And he gives us that love and that that's what we could share. But it, if, if I ever got my eyes off of, I need to try to be the source and help. That's when I, Mm -hmm. that's when it would be overwhelming, but I would, Mm -hmm. because it was so big and overwhelming, I was always, that didn't last very long because we knew we needed God in this. Yeah. So in a way that was, well, does that make sense? The way, the way you said that could not have been more, um, I understandable. Uh, I really appreciate that because my thought is, is even with my doctors right now, if they see my name or face on the schedule or my, my face, my name on the schedule, they're going to go, Oh gosh, Stacy's coming in today. And what they tell me is Stacy's coming in today. That's right. See that just the, the intonations totally, totally different in my mind. I can be about to meet a friend and I can think, I'm going to take them something for them meeting with me. And my friend will go say, you know, cause I'll even say that I'm so sorry. I, I, I hope it's okay that we're meeting up today and we're having coffee or we're, you know, let's be honest, diet Coke or um, a meal together or something, or just going to sit together or anything like that. And I can think they're dreading it and they're going, no, I, I definitely want, to be with you. I want to be with you. It can be hard, but then we do realize that we just need to invite God in. He's already here anyway. Um, and let's just rely on him and have a good time together. Yeah. Whatever you say, he is your portion and it's going to be all right. And so um, the way you describe that is exactly how I feel when I'm calling you or calling a, another friend and what's actually going on feels so real to me that I'm right. And that, that, that what you just said is not happening. That just changes everything. It's, and it's more than perspective. It's, it's truth. And so, and when you, when you hear a lot of lies and you question, Oh, Oh no, because I'm so depressed. Am I a burden? Am I these things? 
then when somebody turns that around and tells you reality in their view and from their perspective, it really is life altering. Yes. Because it sends your mind in a totally different place and it's healing. It's like, okay, I'm not that. Okay. (laughs) I can almost breathe, you know, (laughs) because it's just, that's just not what my mind immediately goes to at all. And that's why a lot of people who are listening isolate. A lot of people who are listening don't go to their appointments. Um, they have whittled down to maybe one friend or no friends because they've pushed everybody away. And um, because they're so sure what they're thinking in their mind is true, that they would base their life on it. And they just about have. And so what what you're saying is being opposite. I would encourage you as people who are listening to the podcast just to give give that person a chance who you might reach out to to say, this is not how I feel. This is my reality when I see your name come across my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how I feel when I run into you at a store. As your doctor, this is how I feel when I see you and when I know that you're going to be um, somebody who comes across my path today that I can maybe encourage. Um, we're usually wrong with depression. Our our guess is usually wrong. And that's really hard to face. But that's why also I, I need to just ask God all day, every day, what do you have for me today? What do you want today to look like? Um, my mind tells me to not be here. So can you help me be here um, and put people in my life today, put scripture in my life today, um, help me be able to breathe and um, for it to be a day that I lay my head down at night and don't just go, God, why am I still here? Um, because I know a lot of people who do that. And I've had many nights like that myself. As we're kind of closing things off here, Debbie, um, I know that um, there are many ways that we get our hope in Jesus and everything. And um, Debbie has a beautiful way of sharing prayers. And so as we're kind of closing things off tonight, I wanted to, to, I was hoping that you would share a prayer that so much resonates with us. And then if you have a scripture or anything else in them, However you want to close this time off, Debbie. Sure. Um, Maybe a couple of things here. Sure. You know, um, in Hebrews, it talks about that we have this, meaning encouragement Mm -hmm. from the Lord. Mm -hmm. We who have fled for refuge might have strong, we need strong encouragement to seize the hope set before us that we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the shrine behind the curtain where Jesus is gone as a forerunner on our behalf, that we, that Jesus is our hope that I, I think about those of you that are familiar with scripture and where Jesus was walking on the water and his disciples mm-hmm. were in a boat and they were terrified thought he was a ghost and Peter shouts Mm -hmm. out into the darkness. Hey, if that's you, Jesus, tell me to come. Mm -hmm. Of course, Mm -hmm. Jesus says, come. And he begins to walk on the waters. Peter does in his meeting, his eyes are on Jesus. And then he starts to notice the wind and the waves, everything around him. And he begins to sink. 
And of course, Jesus is right there to pull him out. And, and just that those two scriptures remind me of each other, that he is our anchor. He is our hope. He is there in the midst of the darkness, always mm-hmm. ready, waiting for us to ask for help. That is hope. He is hope. Mm-hmm. And there is one of the, um, there's so many saints in the church, in the scriptures, in the church, people that have lived close to Jesus, not perfect lives, have struggled. And one in particular that is um, quite inspiring to me is St. Ignatius of Loyola, who was also assailed by scruples and doubts and great distress and pain and sadness and desolation. He walked through some very difficult paths and lost Mm -hmm. motivation to move towards God. Um, Mm -hmm. But out of these experiences and out of encounters with Jesus, he learned how to pray, was given this gift, and he um, wrote what we now have as the spiritual exercises. And it's a way of praying and experiencing the living Jesus, the living word in today, now. And um, he wrote this prayer that may sound familiar to some of you. I know it does to me. It resonated with me. I wanted to end with this. And we, we can ask together, O oh Christ Jesus, when all is darkness and we feel our weakness and helplessness, give us the sense of your presence your love, and your strength. Help us to have perfect trust in your protecting love and strengthening power so that nothing may frighten or worry us. For living close to you, we shall see your hand, your purpose, your will through all things. I love that. I love it, love it. Thank you, Debbie, so much for... Um, just being with um, me tonight on on this hopefully uh, journey that Doug and I are on of wanting so badly to meet people where they are so that they know God can even do that more so than us. And um, also so that that way we can always leave hope. That is my only way of getting up or lying down at night is to know that there's hope where when you're hopeless, that is a very, very scary place to be and a very dangerous place to be. And if you haven't gone back and listened to the rest of our podcast, this is um, Speak Out Loud podcast with Doug and Stacy Gatzinger. And we love to invite people to be on um, who we know will bring hope also to you. And um, so I hope this has been encouraging to you. I know it has been for me. And Debbie, I'm just so thankful for you and our friendship and the title of the book, You Are Worth Saving, coming from your sweet words. Never underestimate when you are um, maybe helping to support someone who is going through a very difficult season or a difficult life or is believing a lot of lies, um, that your words are very powerful and that you can um, always um, find hope in, in God's word. We love you. And Debbie, we thank you so much for being with us. And I love you, my friend. Thank you, Stace. Love you too.